and the world will be run by the ones you can't see. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam I am. I need to turn this recording volume down just a little bit there. Okay. We've got a bit of a wild card show tonight. I'm sure some of you are wondering what all we're going to cover tonight. Well, those of you that guessed blowjobs, you would be correct, but hold your horses. We're going to finish out the show with that. So uh, last week, I was a little bit under the weather, out sick for most of the day. I had like major organ inflammation going on. And, you know, we read that study where we talked about uh, how these long COVID people suffer these spells where, where symptoms come back and they go away and they're fine for a little while and then it comes back. When I'm looking back at, you know, the brain fog that I had during the middle of the show a couple weeks ago, that I referenced last week and now this, I think it's connected. I think I might be going through another kind of bout of symptoms. And well, as a result, I was on the couch most of the week watching TV, taking three hour naps and that sort of thing, letting my body heal. And I caught up on uh, a TV show that I haven't watched in a while called Skinwalker Ranch, The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, it's something on the History Channel. Now, I had watched the first season, and it was okay. It wasn't great. Uh, they were doing some, some science out there, and it was entertaining, but a little too kind of uh, reality TV-ish, you know, if you catch my drift. Uh, but I had not seen season two. I hadn't seen season three. And let me tell you, they really have stepped it up in what they're doing and their experiments and so forth that they're looking at. And um, that's what we're going to talk about. I want to talk about what's happening potentially out there at Skinwalker Ranch, along with a number of other uh, different things. I see the internet's just going crazy. I literally have three connections uh, all broadcasting this, and all three of them are getting hit. And it has never done this. Very strange. Yeah, now it's at zero, so the stream is probably garbage right now. I don't know. Uh, well, it is what it is. Okay, so let me tell you the history of Skinwalker Ranch because there's a lot of you that probably don't know. Now, this is out, I think it's in Utah. It's between Salt Lake City and Denver, Colorado, kind of two-thirds of the way from, from to uh, Salt Lake City from Denver, uh, so pretty close there. It's this ranch that has this sort of cliff that runs along one corner of the property. And, well, some strange things have been going on there for a number of years. Uh, and there are petroglyphs on the, the side of the cliffs that some Indians have probably carved in the sky where they've got a spiral. They talk about that in one of the shows, indicating the spirals are kind of universal symbol for a portal. Okay. And... They've got uh, like a triangle thing, maybe suggesting a triangle craft that have come in and out of there. The neighbors have all seen things. Now, they were very hesitant to talk in season one. But I think what happened in this process of them going out there and, you know, showing that they're serious, showing that they're 
open and so forth, they've literally kind of formed another self-organizing collective. We've, this is something we've been touching on for a while with what's happening with Substack, kind of almost becoming a sort of research self-organizing collective. You've got people <clears throat> going through with like Brooke Jackson and, and her team of, they're all looking through the Pfizer data and trying to find things and pull, pull it out into the public awareness. So we've, we've just seen these SOCs explode. And this is another one. And I think it presents an interesting model uh, for funding here, for like making this work. And I want to see, uh, I thought I, I thought I could back up here and find the about the show. Yeah, this is it. Okay. So you've got these characters here. This is Brandon. He's sort of the, uh, he owns the ranch. He's a successful businessman, real estate developer, I think in Salt Lake, comes in on his helicopter, lands on the heli helipad that he had installed. Um, he funds all of these experiments and so forth. You've got Travis uh, Taylor here, who I really like. He's been in a number of these documentaries at this point. And he is an astrophysicist, PhD astrophysicist, an astronomer. He brings a lot of scientific rigor to the process uh, and some subject matter expertise and so forth. Uh, he's, there's some times in the show, you know, where they're doing stuff with RF signals and so forth and spectrum analyzers, and they're kind of stating some things that really I couldn't verify from what they were showing, and it kind of seemed like maybe they're exaggerating with what they were saying. Um, and maybe we'll get into that a little more. And there was another time where they concluded something. Uh, I'll, I'll recall what it was, but kind of drew, drew some conclusions that I think are really incorrect. It was composition of some sand when they drilled a, a big borehole in. The dirt changed to this black stuff, and it's got all the it's silicone and some other things. And he's like, well, this is everything you need to build spacecraft. And then it became there's stuff to build spacecraft under there. And it's like, uh, you guys, you're making it a little made for TV, too made for TV here with some of that. But I think for the most part, they do a great job of really sticking to what data do we have? What does it suggest? What should we do next to further explore this and understand the, these phenomena that we're seeing? And we'll get into those in just a minute. You've got this Brandon Arnold character in the middle in the dark sunglasses. He is the like security personnel here I'm just trying to blow these guys up a little bit he's always carrying a sidearm he's worried about everybody's safety on the ranch and so forth you've got Thomas who's kind of the the ranch hand he handles the the maintenance on the farm and that sort of thing he helps them with building projects and so forth whatever they need and then you've got Eric Bard who is the I guess principal investigator or chief scientist that's He's usually back in the trailer. Now they've put cameras out all over this property and we'll take a look at it here. This is basically Skinwalker Ranch and it's kind of, I'll show you what it is here. It starts over here and kind of this little, these parcels right here and this big place, I'm guessing it's at least 500 acres. Uh, it's all of this right here and it's, uh, the edge of it is right here. This is where the houses and then the helipad is like right right there that they built uh and the actually also owns i think it's like this parcel over here as well and the entrance 
is actually where they stop people. Those are concrete barriers in the road to keep, because this is a pretty popular place. And they, you know, that's why he's got to have a head of security out there. So if you don't know the history of this, uh, oh, and I'm sorry. And there's a couple, this is where the cows like to hang out. There's this paddock right here he's got. And this river runs through it down here. And then there's another one. I believe it's this one right here that is also his. And so the cattle like to go back there and graze. Um, they do have cows running around on here. Now, what you've got some kind of key components. This is their, oh, no, I got lost too far. This is their main kind of house where they've got Eric in the trailer monitoring screens. So they've got RF instrument, they've got spectrum analyzers that are constantly collecting signals from around the ranch to see, you know, what's going on. Is everything okay? They've got uh, the cameras set out all over and he's back there monitoring and can review the footage and so forth while they're out doing the experiments. So they have a separate sets, multiple sets as well of, of eyes uh, on the site. And they've been taking just all kinds of different instruments and doing different experiments to see kind of what's manifesting. And in watching this, it's really changed my opinion on what's actually happening out there. And I'm going to share that with you as we go through this. So they, there's this road right here you can see that kind of goes across along this irrigation ditch. And there's a bridge right here. And this is the triangle area. So Directly above this, about a mile up, is the source of all of this, these emissions, these radio emissions that sometimes show up. And they have all of these kinds of weird anomalies happening over the, this area, over this ranch right here. And also up, more up this way on the actual mesa. Because this runs up a few hundred feet here, I would say. This sort of lighter color uh, right here and this and this this is on top this is down at the bottom and um, they've also they've got the triangle marked there and then further down all the way down here is what's called homestead 2 that they talk about in the documentary so this is where there's an old abandoned homestead roofs fallen in there's still you know walls and stuff and broken windows that sort of thing and there's an old well where like i think i believe it was in the first season uh the uh, Travis opened it and he got radiate gamma radiation burns here on his thumb and also on his kind of four temple area. So, and then there's other people that have gotten sick, had a, you know, like a knot in the form in the back of their head, a real rare kind of blood thing going on. And of course, Eric, during this season, is seen where we get these broad spectrum attacks where you get a rise in radiation in RF signals all across the spectrum. So a spectrum analyzer, if you don't know, uh, it's a it's kind of like an oscilloscope, but it looks across all frequencies. So an oscilloscope would let you see like a sine wave, which would make a tone, and the you know the faster the cycle of the sine wave, the higher the tone. Well. As you move up and down through those frequencies, that's what a spectrum analyzer gives you. So it shows you across a certain band of radio frequency what kind of signal you're getting. And normally you'd have a little low noise floor and then you'd have little spikes here and there where you've got cellular traffic or uh, commercial radio traffic or whatever. Um, what happens is kind of the whole floor 
comes up and then you they get this huge spike at uh, 1.6 gigahertz. And so they start playing with that 1.6 gigahertz signal because it corresponds because they've got Eric back in the trailer with timestamps of everything. It corresponds with what's happening out there when they see something in the sky pop in and they've seen some very interesting things that I'm going to tell you about. So, uh, you know, I just, I think they're doing it right. They're doing some really good investigation and they are, they have this kind of open deliberative process where they sit around the table. They talk about what data did we get? What does it show? What, what do we think it means? What should we start to look for and try next? What should we do different next time? That sort of thing. And they just constantly work and try and come up with what can we do to figure this out? Now, uh, we talked about the old farmers. They're, they basically got scared and sold the property, but it didn't go to Brandon first. It went to, uh, oh gosh, I had his name, an aerospace guy. Um crap. It'll come to me in a minute. Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace. And if you look at their logo, it's like a half of an ET extraterrestrial on it. Very clearly they're doing something black budget kind of work for the government. Well, they bought the ranch and owned it for 20 years and were very secretive about it, brought in military contractors, were doing the same kind of stuff and really didn't get anywhere and then sold it. And that's when Brandon picked it up. These guys come in they're doing it all out in the open so that we can all see kind of their process of investigation and discovery and evidence and data that they've been collecting. Okay. And it's been, I think, a very, very interesting journey. I want to show you, uh, we'll go through the, the episodes here, but I want to show you this little clip right here. This is season three. Um, I think this is one of the the last episodes. I just want to play a few bits from it here. Two really spectacular experiments in one this time. Bigger and better on the rockets and more. So they've been shooting, one of the things they're doing is shooting these rockets up in the air to stimulate something. here that's actually affecting laser beams as they propagate through the sky. We're actually seeing lasers actually hit us a particular level and then actually bend and turn. And so that means there's something significant you know, at, at this uh, position. And that's another one of these phenomenon that they've seen. Um, they've brought out some high power lasers in previous experiments, and they've shown them up through this triangle area in the sky where they get all these different anomalies. And there's times where the end of the laser will bend like that, and lasers don't do that unless they're deflected by something like a prism or whatever. And then there's somewhere it the beam actually splits at the end and looks like it kind of splinters like a broom would as it you know as you reach the end it's worn out. Um, they've seen other things where the beam just disappears, kind of strange in a way it shouldn't perhaps, and some other things where things maybe aren't as they seem above that mesa. And I think what's happening here there's a number of things. Uh, that we're going to go through, but let's let's break the ice with. Well, I think they have ETs out there, sitting above them in this area, watching after these children 
playing with things they don't really understand, right? Um, and as a result, these these craft, these ET that are here, that are out there, they're, I think they're interdimensional. And I think they can be here in ways that we can't really understand. And that was one of the things that I think watching these two seasons really helped me sort of visualize and, and grasp. Um, they, let's see, they're doing these, these experiments, but with a very kind of, we've got to figure this out. There's one episode actually, well, I'll tell you what, let me just play some more of this. And we're going to uh, launch rockets right through that. We're going to uh, release uh, some uh, powder rockets and lasers yet to conduct a new experiment that will not only stimulate something unmistakable to appear at the triangle, but also reveal what the anomaly at that mile high zone actually is. So they've been shooting stuff up into the atmosphere to try and make this all happen. Um, and see, you know, what, what's up there. And they've run into just various different things. And another interesting sort of side note here is they're bringing people out constantly at, with all these different types of equipment and the equipment inevitably malfunctions, fails to work, uh, something turns off or, you know, whatever it is for some reason, sorry, my phone's not muted here. Um, something goes wrong. And like my favorite one, when they were doing a similar experiment, trying to look at, you know, what's going on in the triangle when they're trying to simulate these events and so forth, they brought out somebody with a big, like 12, 14 inch telescope, uh, you know, a good size mirror where you could really see these things have GPS receivers on them. They have the sky map and he had programmed in several different locations to that the thing will automatically turn and point towards to look at a certain target, a star or something like that, the moon. And it will figure out like where it is and then it can track it over time. So if you want to take a long time-lapse photo to gather a bunch of light, you can do that. Well, he goes and he punches in his first coordinates that he had pre-programmed and all of a sudden it's gone. And then he, the next one, he, that one all of a sudden is gone. And this thing's not Wi-Fi. It's not connected to the internet. It's all built into the memory on the telescope and the coordinates are being wiped out, which reminds me, you know, when you go back to Stephen Greer's uh, disclosure hearing that he press conference that he held years ago, like five, 10 years ago, I think. Uh, what did, what were some of the witnesses? Well, they were people that manned the nuclear missile silos and what did they talk about? Well, one of them, UFO comes in, is circling the tower and then leaves. And the targeting coordinates on the missile, which were pre-programmed to like a location in Russia somewhere, right? They're blanked. They're zeroed out. So there's no targeting data. So if they wanted to fire, they couldn't, right? So eventually they bring in this um, rabbi who... They, they, I think they find this, they do a LIDAR scan of the ranch here and they find this kind of circular depression and they're not sure exactly what it is. They call this rabbi out. He tells them this story that I found very interesting about how, you know, maybe there are some other beings that have been here all along, like millions of years. 
and this is their home, and we're the ones invading on their home, right? And that really, that's what changed my perspective about what's happening out here. I think that we have this race of beings that are interdimensional that use this area as their home, and there's other reasons for you know, why I say why I think they're here that we'll get into, one of which happens to be, well, yeah, man, we got so much to cover. We'll get into that. <laughs> Go time. Yes, sir. Part of the spectrum where we're getting these weird signals here on the ranch, we, we're going to hope for, and each laser beam will be aimed upward, converging at the mile high. So you can see what they're doing. They've got three lasers converging together at this point where their anomaly is, where the, their best data shows the anomaly is, right? Zone where we've detected all kinds of radiation spikes and obtained evidence of an invisible anomaly that has deflected other lasers and GPS devices in the past. And in addition to the lasers here, we'll deploy another laser back on the helipad that will be scanning up and down and through that region in the sky above the triangle. We'll monitor for any bends in the laser's pattern. If we see any deviations, it could be evidence of anomalies for us to focus on. Evidence of warping space-time, of a wormhole. That's where I think this is going. I think this is some kind of portal location that is um, uh, geomagnetically functional for this kind of science, physics, whatever it is. And one of the things that they discover here, well, yeah, that's what one of, okay, let's just talk about it. In, the, in one of the early episodes of season three, they have this hole and it's, you know, it's like this big hole. It's a little hole that opens up into kind of a big cavern underground and they decide to fill it with water and they pour green dye in there and then they look for the green dye. Did it come out anywhere in the creek, in the rocks? Where is it? Can't find it anywhere. And then this was like 45,000 gallons that they did this test with. Um, and when they go and drill later, they do some boreholes and actually sink some hundred foot, uh, you know, like big 12 inch diameter pipes in the ground, steel pipe in the ground with the oil rig uh, drilling crew. And not too far under the ground, they basically discover rivers like flowing water under the ground and they have to put start putting casing in really high. Now, as I'm seeing that, I'm thinking about in Egypt, what do you have? The same thing with the Great Pyramids. Those aren't tombs. There's no bodies inside. There's, they're not decorated inside. To get around in them, they had to build staircases for people to climb up and down. These are, I think, some kind of power plant or energy system that we don't even comprehend yet. You know, they were cased in limestone. They had some kind of unique stone on top that was brought down and put down beside it and then carted away off site, never to return. And they put a re replica capstone back on site. What was that? Does that somehow turn the thing off and on? But the other thing that I've learned about you know, the Great Pyramids over the years, is that there are these water tunnels where they would run water underneath them. So, and of course, you've got, uh, there's a shaft that is a perfect waveguide pointing to the center star in Orion's belt. Uh, 
there's so much science to this thing. And the fact that this site where all of this stuff is going on also has rivers running underground to me just kind of says, Hmm, I wonder if there's something to this that you have to have this flowing water going underground in order to make these, um, uh, these portals possible, something along those lines. So they do this, crazy? and then Your eventually... Ball. That motor blew. It exploded. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I guess the rocket failed. Nobody getting run over. That's a... Rockets that we can launch into the area above the triangle. And away from the anomaly that we know starts somewhere around... So they finally get a rocket off, and as it's going up... Think it diverts, it like hits something and gets diverted away. 2,500 to 3,000 feet above ground level and up to about five to 6,000 feet. It's like it got to that point and turned away from it somehow or other. Did y'all see the smoke trail? There was no wind yeah. in the- And these are just dumb rockets that are supposed to, you know, create a straight, a, a fairly predictable arc. Contra There's at all. no it wind just yet, it gets deflected dramatically off too fast for it to be a satellite and this just appeared next what the crap is that yeah i'm doing an instant oh. playback you see this yeah during this from the cameras in the trailer you can see this little guy right here that guy appears out of nowhere wow what the crap is that when the rocket's going up it's moving way too fast for it to be a satellite and this just appeared next to the lasers yeah it looks like it's headed towards the apex that's crazy. Okay. When did this appear? This was just now. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay, I want to play it back. Just after our rocket got deflected away from the mile high zone above the triangle, Eric captured one of the most vivid UAPs we've seen during our experiments. And it was maneuvering right above the apex of our laser beams where we were also broadcasting our 1.6 gigahertz communication signal. Which may be some kind of garage door opener that these guys haven't really figured out the the passcode to right because you've got your carrier frequency and then you've got all the detail they may not have all that figured out yet but i think you know part of what they're doing is like constantly stimulating a response from these guys and i think it's like you know the impression that i get is these ets that have been here for a long time are using science that's so far above and beyond what we comprehend or at least the normies and public science comprehends not the breakaway civilization that um they're like treating us like children you need to stay away you need to leave us alone this is our place not yours respect our borders they've had cattle mutilations and there was a story of a couple dogs that uh there was an orb they started chasing the orb and barking it and it squashed them and like imprinted them in the dogs into the ground killed both dogs and that was that and so there are these things where uh these stories have happened over the years and the locals now that they've seen season one and some of them season two they're starting to be a little more forthright and and talking about what they've experienced and one of the farmers uh who was I guess a helper for one of the original ranchers that owned Skinwalker Ranch. He said he they were looking for their cows and he said they're in the barn 
He's like, what do you, what do you, or in that building, a storage shed. Like, what do you mean? They can't, there's three cows missing. They can't possibly be in that building because it was pretty narrow building. He says, come here. And the thing was locked. He unlocked, you know, pulls the thing off so he can open the door, pulls the board off so he can open the door. And inside are three cows, one stacked on the other like that, not moving. He's like, they're dead. How the hell did they, they, he kind of freaked out. The farmer didn't, wasn't freaking out about this at all. But the, the guy telling the story to these folks was, and he said, they're not dead. Go get me a glass of water and I'll show you. The guy comes back with a glass of water, splashes it on them. Instantly they're reanimated and they come out of the shed. Think about this in terms of the ETs saying, hey, this is our land. You don't belong here, farmer. Take your cows, take your toys, put them away. So it's, this is almost like that's what they did. And this wasn't the first time that that happened, apparently. They put them away, put them in some kind of suspended animation, either through a drug or through some kind of consciousness exercise that we don't even comprehend yet, that when they get splashed with water, they're brought back and they're fine. It's like they're telling them, hey, this is our space. Get away from it right now. And every time they go and dig or try and do something to kind of disturb things, either things go wrong. They're like showing them. And this is one of the things that I, as I'm watching, it becomes very apparent to me, like that uh, what these ETs are showing these guys in this series, to me, seems very clearly to be, look, we can manipulate physics, reality, you're wasting your time. You know, I'm reminded of that scene in, uh, the, in the matrix. I think the first one where Neo's fighting the bad guys at the end and he's, you know, doing all the blocking and eventually he realizes he can be as fast as he wants. And he kind of turns sideways and is doing this and doesn't even have to look kind of thing and punches the guy, knocks him out. Right. I, I feel like that's what they're doing. They can sit here and run circles around these guys with one hand tied behind their back all day long. And they are constantly doing things to frustrate their experiments to show that we have a command of physics that you don't even comprehend here. Little ones that go around murdering each other on your own planet while destroying the planet as well. And like there's almost seems to be like this protection aspect to it. But also this, um, this is our territory and you should be, you should leave us alone. And they're not doing that. Um, okay, let's, there's a little bit more here, I think. So all I could wonder was, did we cause that to appear? And is that what deflected our rocket? Is there, is there any way it could be air traffic? I mean, we still have a no-fly zone. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, back now it up. Now watch this. Right, back it up. And it does look like it's going right to where the laser's pointed. Amorphous. Yeah, it does appear to be changing shape. Unbelievable. Now, I don't know, it but disappears. it looks like... And it's, it's also a circle with a black dot in the middle, which is kind of this donut shape. That that showed that same shape showed up in the STS, the space shuttle, when they were bringing out their new satellite or something. Whole bunch of ETs materialized. 
watched that, and then disappeared again. And that was one of the shapes. Like the UAP we saw tonight might have come from behind or actually from inside the mesa. And then it just disappeared into the anomaly above the triangle. That's crazy. Is that what messed with our rockets? Did we cause... Did this thing just go through a portal to a city underground? Maybe. We don't know. Or maybe it just took... It's, here, it's still here physically, but not visibly. Maybe it's got physics so advanced that it can materialize itself physically without being visible. And it has some sort of, could be technology. It could be, you know, just bending the laws of physics. We don't even know. But I think that's the kind of technology and knowledge that we are face-to-face with, that these guys are face-to-face with out there. And it's really interesting to me, like, their attitude, well, hold on. Cause it to appear by broadcasting the 1.6 gigahertz signal? And then, where did it go? Skinwalker Ranch has been a haven for rumors about UAPs actually entering and exiting from the Mesa, portals, and all kinds of other bizarre phenomena for decades, if not centuries. Tonight, we may have finally captured evidence that some of that could be true. All right, make sure to save this right away. What? <laughs> so... They're doing some incredible work out there. Um, The first time I ever saw anything ET was very similar to that disc right there. Uh, I was with Michelle. We were at the farm. It was, we had watched the sunset go down back in the trees, really pretty. And it was dark now. So, and we were chatting back there and we came out of the woods into kind of a clearing and off to the left, I see like this star that about three quarters of a second, it's like it was on a dimmer that turned up and got really bright and turned into like this spotlight this big and then and it went away real quick. But there was still this little dot there that sort of came out of it and then made about a 15 degree turn. And I think what I watched was some kind of portal being opened and a craft or entity being whatever, I don't even know, come through that. Uh, and I'm like, did you see that? And she said, yeah, I saw that. That was so weird. And then a few months later, uh, I was on the farm walking out to the pond and over one of the pastures, there's pine trees that are, you know, 130 feet tall. It was about 150 feet in the air. I see this sparkle. It looked like a meteor coming in, but it wasn't way up in the sky. It was literally 150 feet in the air. And it just like rained off these like Christmas tree sparks. And it was the coolest thing ever. Silent. It, it just came down to within, you know, a hundred feet of me. And I was blown away. What in the world was that? I've never seen anything like it. Michelle was back in New Hampshire. She's driving down the road with her son. And they're, you know, out on a dark night. And same thing, a, a little you know, sparkly thing. It looked like sparklers comes right down directly at their car and kind of feather sparks off of it is what she described. Same thing I saw. And that happened to her like a few days later. And so I think there is definitely a consciousness aspect to this. And these guys don't seem to be engaging that at all. Right. 
And like, this is what um, Dr. Stephen Greer does with his CE5 protocol where he meditates, they go out, they sit with cameras and so forth. They take pictures. The entities can sometimes show up in that fraction of a second that the shutter is open uh, and appear on the film, even though nobody sees anything or there's somewhere there's like orbs of light zipping around the picture that was taken. And it's like, they're showing us, yeah, we're here all around you, <clears throat> but you can't see us because we don't fully materialize or they choose to materialize in whatever way is safe for them. Right. Because we're still the planet of savages that goes around killing one another and raping the earth. Meanwhile, if they actually want something like, uh, you know, heat, think about this. If they actually have this portal technology and they need to cool something off, let's say, why not open a portal to somewhere in deep space where it's absolute zero and they probably have the physics to cause the air to move through too. And now you have a little mini portal that can blow uh, absolute zero air or whatever temperature you want. You need hot. Okay. Open a portal right by the sun and get as, you know, 26, 5,000 degree air, whatever you want coming out of that and burn and spin up your turbine. And now you no longer need to rape your planet, poison your waters and, um, and the air that you breathe. That's what this technology represents. That's why you know, it, it, with that, you don't need a power grid. You can have this inside a little box that turns a little turbine and runs your house. Of course, I'm sure there's far easier ways to do it than that. You know, that's the old thinking, but that's what free energy, zero, zero point energy is. It's drawing it from the environment in un, virtually unlimited amounts. And when that secret gets out, talk about the great decentralization they would have no way to do utilities. I mean, you could just bring in water from an asteroid or, you know, whatever through a portal. You could, uh, you know, escape through one, use defense. It, you, it, would, it would put people on the same footing as governments and militaries currently occupy, right? Like you as an individual would have the power to evade even the most sophisticated governments and armies and so forth. So that's why they don't, can never let this secret get out. That's one of many reasons, is free energy is a knife through the heart of the state because they, there's no way they'll be able to control and subjugate their populations into this paradigm that's poisoning our planet and our environment and so forth when... We have these solutions, but they don't want us being free. They want us being slaves to a system that enriches the few at the expense of the many. So uh, let me go back through some of these episodes here. There we go. So this breaking ground one, this is where they dug, found that there's actually rivers underground um, this is where they found the petroglyphs. They also had uh, a, like, they, they brought out FLIR thermal cameras, and they saw this dark spot where the temperature, first of all, the temperature in the whole area came down or went up. 
And this is them showing off, hey, look, we can control the temperature of wherever you want to look. All right, you need to leave us alone. You're messing with stuff you don't even understand yet. And they go in this house and um, they've got night vision and so forth. And they see a figure walking. And this may have been another episode, but they see a figure walking outside and they're like running to chase it down. And the security guy is running after it with a gun. <laughs> like, oh, we're friendly, promise. And uh, he sees first a figure walking through the, the field outside the, the door. And then it's not a figure. It's like something else. And then it becomes this half ball that's halfway in the ground. And then it just disappears. And I think whatever this was, whatever this entity was, it was just moving out of this dimension and showing us that that's what it can do. Uh, and then also they had a little vortex, like a portal open that was super cold. It was black. Don't know, remember what the temperature was, but, and it was kind of right in front of them where they were talk, trying to talk to it, that sort of thing. Um, but there was very much this, we're going to, let's catch it. Let's, let's get it and hold it prisoner or something. It's kind of what it seemed like. Now there's also, this is where they brought out the rabbi. This was another one of the, I think the rocket tests and they're measuring all the different types of signals and so forth. Uh, and they were, you know, doing a lot of really great things. This is where they brought in the ground penetrating radar, the skin deep episode and found that there are these sort of caverns, which I think turned out to be underground rivers flowing. Uh, they've dug in some areas and they found like they're holding the tape measure down in the hole that they just dug and the tape measure is bending to the side because it's magnetic. And I think that's just them opening a magnetic vortex of some kind. Right. But like they're not, they're not comprehending that what's happening here is they're being played with. They're being toyed with by these ETs that are showing them over and over again. Look, we are masters of the materium we can make it do anything we want or just kind of leave us alone. But if you don't, we'll squash you like a bug. And they, I think they show them that over and over again, but these guys like don't see it. They seem oblivious to the whole idea of consciousness. I would love to see like, um, Oh, Dr. Stephen Greer, take a CE five group out there and try to interact with these beings. Right. And see, you know, if there's some kind of compromise or something that can be struck or, information that can be conveyed besides just these guys beating their head against the wall and being shown up time and time again with everything they did. Another one that was interesting right here, the helicopter. So they took uh, Brandon's helicopter and they flew it around through the triangle with sensors and so forth. And as the pilot's going, they're getting a, an alarm going off in the cockpit that's saying, um, ground clearance warning it was basically they were hundreds of feet in the air over the triangle but his altimeter was showing that he was 40 feet above the ground and then they go back to the principal investigator and he's like look at this guys and he shows footage of their helicopter flying around and this black tube thing goes right in front of it and then it's just scooting back and forth underneath it, like 45, 50 feet underneath it. That's what was setting off the altimeter. You think of this in terms of like the parents minding their children, telling them, hey, uh, -uh not safe for you. Don't, don't be over here. 
isn't that how you would do it? If you're a military pilot and your enemy's flying in their jet too close to your line, you go right out there and, you know, help them remind them that they're not supposed to be there. Well, that seems like what was going on there. And another time, a second uh, show, they took the helicopter up. They made these GPS bottles. Out, they put GPS units in these water bottles and then put like 20 foot streamers on them. And they threw those out of the helicopter over the triangle. Well, they did like, I don't know, 40 or something of these things. And their principal investigator had receivers set up. They were supposed to be getting live data. Of course, none of the live data comes in. Um, what else is happening? Well, some of the bottles, like they can't find them, don't know where they went. And one of them they found ended up way, way off from where they like a long ass ways away from where they threw it out of the plane. They're not sure how it got over there and they get the data back and it's fall. And of course the, the transmitting the data didn't work, but the, when they were able, the bottles they were able to collect, they got GPS readings like several times a second. So you could see it falling down through the, through the sky after they threw it out of the helicopter. Well, one of them went disappeared here and then, over here and hits the ground. What the hell happened? Another one was coming down and it's coming down. It looks like it hits something and bounces, you know, like moves perpendicular almost like it was sliding down something that was physically here, but not visibly here. You following me? And this craft had like maybe parked under this bottle so it would hit their ship and then slide off and fall to the ground to let them know, yeah, no, we're here. Stay out of this area. That's what it seems like is being is the message over and over and over again. And because these guys aren't doing anything to reach out, they're just like taking this, well, let's poke it with a stick and see what happens approach that maybe, you know, if it was your home. And you had been living there for millions of years. And now these jackasses who are destroying the planet are moving in, poking the bear. You know, you might respond that way to them. That's what I see happening. Another really fascinating one they did is they brought a pilot in to fly a search pattern over the area. And they did it at like 6,000 feet, 5,000 feet, 4,000 feet, 3,000 feet, 2,000 feet, 1,000 feet. And they had the principal investigator in with five different GPS meters or uh, ADB, I think it is. the It's basically flight positioning system. And they flew their grid pattern. And when they get the data back, the data is showing that they're like under the ground, that they're flying under the ground. It's all spotty and, and it kind of makes you wonder what in the hell is going on. Are they just messing with the signals, hinting that, look, we can, you know, manipulate RF frequencies to do anything we want. Obviously, we can take coordinates out of your telescope that's not connected to anything. But we could also, you know, make this look like any, anything we want. And, of course, don't forget, like, Iran captured a U.S. drone by overpowering its GPS sensors, making it think it was back in this area, in Groom Lake and Nevada, and landed and they got a brand new drone out of U.S. drone to pick apart and, and uh, reverse engineer. So that kind of thing happens. And of course, what's uh, Russia doing right here? They're at war. 
with the U.S. spy satellites. These are ground-based lasers that are going to track these spy satellites as they fly over Russia and not shoot them to blow them up or burn them out of the sky, but simply hit them with enough laser power to blind the sensors so that they can't see what's happening on the ground in Russia. Of course, this is way better than like their last approach with an old satellite was to send a rocket up, a satellite destroyer, and they created 1,500 pieces of space junk floating through uh, orbit, which is probably going to end up causing some kind of cascading failure in Starlink and, and other things. Who knows? We'll see. But that was in the WebBot data as well from Cliff High. So, like, these are approaches, I think, <clears throat> that a more advanced, intelligent race might engage in. And that seems to be, at least in my mind, what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch. You've got some long, long-term residents that don't really appreciate us being there, that are tolerating us, but every now and then, yeah, just we're just too shitty of a neighbor to them and they get tired of the encroachment and send a message, right? And that seems to be what's happening over and over and over again uh, on that ranch. So there you go. Now, um, one more thing. Let me see. There was another kind of UFO documentary called uh, Hole in the Sky, I believe, or Tear in the Sky. I think it was called, and I want to play you a little clip. I used to be recorded the entire week. Damn it. Eight's sort of like the maximum for terrestrial radiation. Two MeV is more average. Oh, wow. That high energy event I just mentioned was at 4.01 a.m. Right. At 3.59 a.m., this is what the uh, UFO DAP recorded. There's a hole in the clouds. Okay. So this is a, a different sort of SOC. This is William Shatner that sort of is the benefactor of this uh, investigation. These guys, similar approach. He's got someone with like a condo in Malibu overlooking the ocean or something. And they set up all these cameras and different sensors and um, a way to beam sound back to the ETs to say, hey, we're listening kind of thing. And uh, they, they were also very smart in that they had cameras run down the the highway a little bit in both directions and film the same area so that if something did happen you wouldn't be able to say oh well that's lens flare or that's a reflection or whatever if it's on three two or three different cameras clearly not lens flare so that's the kind of thing that they were doing at skinwalker ranch as well that i think was very smart and uh but primarily they were set up on the roof of this condo overlooking the ocean and what you're seeing there is actually what they saw and it was, it was a cloudy night, and all of a sudden, this spot opens in the clouds, this hole appears in the clouds, and there's these little lights behind it. Which is not abnormal to have a hole in the clouds that closes, but notice those strange dots within mm. it. And also, if you go frame by frame, it closes in a fraction of a second. That seems to be too fast for natural cloud formations. For clouds to move in and close the hole, they would have had to be going something like 700 miles an hour. How far? So pretty clearly not what happened. 
And another thing that these guys did is they applied a lot of mathematics to it. So they figured out the size of this thing and you know did the proper trig on it. Of the camera, and that hole was about 18 degrees above the horizon. And so, given a cloud ceiling of about 1,700 feet, you can say that that hole was about. 1.2 kilometers off the coast. And so it's an elliptical hole. Okay. It's about 0.4 kilometers long Quarter and then mile. about 0.1 kilometers wide. Six it looks like of it's a, a mile. hole in the clouds. And thing appears and you can see these little lights behind it and then it closes way faster than the clouds could move in on their own. What happened there? I think a portal was opened. Right? These things interact with our consciousness. They're aware of our thoughts. They can hear our thoughts, at least in, in some capacity. I don't know. And they want to show themselves, but at the same time, we are, this, we are these children who don't behave themselves and go, don't live in peace and harmony, destroy our planet, have this um, this technocratic elite running the planet like a prison planet, you know, getting to back to Alex Jones terminology and holding us all slaves to their paradigm. I think that's really the world that we inhabit. And that that's a rabbit hole that goes really deep. But um, at the same time, I look to like popular media to see what's happening. There's this show that came out called the, uh, the man who fell to earth and well, spoiler alert. It turns out he's a shape-shifting alien. <laughs> a shape-shifting reptile alien, right? Who is coming to earth to bring cold fusion free energy device. What does the WebBot data show is coming out of this whole transition that we're going through? Secrets revealed, free energy, etc. So it seems like, it, you know, it's just, it's weird to me that all of these things are kind of coming to the forefront all of a sudden. And by the way, in the next episode of this, they have a girl giving a presentation like in a boardroom and her, um, her hands have been amputated. I think both of them. I'm like, oh, is this predictive programming for the blood clots where they have to do all these amputations to further normalize that? And I've seen lots and lots of examples of that. And of course, what's happening through this series? Well, the intelligence community, the CIA, is trying to get in and get this technology, squirrel it away, and use it against their enemies and use it to their advantage. And I think, hold on. Oh, that's better. Um, I th- well, maybe not. <laughs> I think that what these intelligence communities have done is created, used this technology to their advantage to create this breakaway civilization. I think they are on other planets out in space doing God knows what. Um, and they're keeping the rest of us sort of in a cage by holding this back and using it for themselves, but not us. And I think there is a good chance that, yeah, we are controlled by one of these ETs. Like the ones, I, I think there are ETs living in the Mesa out there at Skinwalker Ranch. 
I think they are in Antarctica, same kind of situation. I think some of them live under the sea. When you think about it, if you can literally manipulate physics around you, what does water pressure matter? What does, uh, you know, temperature matter? You can make it whatever temperature you want. You can create space wherever you want. It doesn't, you can make it interdimensional if you want. And so, yes, I think that not only are they here, but they've been here a long time. And some of them are probably more friendly than others. And some of them might have like co-opted the human species and are using it to their own ends. And maybe some of the nicer ones are trying to help us free ourselves from those shackles. And what are they doing right now? They're bringing in their one world government. They're trying to mass murder a large percentage of the population here. Corona virus was just the first salvo. One of the, one of the, I think, big attacks of, of many, a lot of which have been smaller to reduce the population. They're constantly whittling away at it. What's next? Well, now they're pushing the climate change narrative, right? And now they're coming in, trying to um, trying to. I'm sorry. Hold on. I lost my train of thought. I think I want to go. Uh, no. Well, okay. We'll come back to that. They're they're basically. I think that the next thing that's happening, they're trying to, well, I guess we'll just say it, with the Dutch farmers. They're trying to buy, they're, they're trying to basically steal their farmland out from under them by forcing them to not raise cows or not grow food and cut production and then sell their land to the WEF. It's like, who thinks this is a good idea? None of the people on the planet do, right? But the, the elites, man, they think it's a grand idea. Of course, What's happening here in Italy right now? Look at this. So this, these women are not very happy. They're talking to these government officials inside. It looks like a stairwell or something. And it says precarious social health workers stormed the municipality in La Spiza after the mayor refused to meet with them. Quote, I have no money to buy bread. What is my daughter eating tonight? End quote. In Italy, politicians earn 10000 a month, while many citizens do not have $2 for bread. What does the web bot tell us from, you know, 10, 15 years ago? Food riots trigger a collapse in the wall at the Vatican, leading to major secrets revealed. Like the people go in, loot the Vatican, find all sorts of horrific stuff in there, and... Uh, it all comes out into the open. Well, it's seeming a lot more likely now than I think it ever has, right? All of these things are starting to fall into place for some really rough times here, folks. And that's what I'm trying to convey to you here. We've got, there's more that I want to talk about, but I think that kind of gives you an overview of sort of what I think is happening you know, I think there's multiple races, ETs involved. I think, you know, we've 
we've like answered the question, is there life out in the universe? I think most people are like, oh yeah, of course. Whereas 1980s, that wasn't the pervasive mood, right? People, you talked about aliens, you're some weird person. Um, nowadays, not so much. I think it's pretty generally accepted that there are other civilizations out there in the world. Now, I think there are people that still kind of question, well, are they here or not? Because could they get here? Because, you know, it takes a long time to travel by my limited thinking of how the universe works when reality is they're folding space-time and moving in interdimensionally. <laughs> With physics, we don't even comprehend yet, at least publicly. Um, so that knowledge, when that comes out, is really going to transform society in ways we really can't understand. And that's why I think free energy serves as the um, single most important thing that could free us from the hard times that we're, we're going into. I think it could be like one of the most important things to come out that would radically reshape the direction that our society takes. And um, I'm looking forward to that. So I don't know if anybody's got ET questions or whatever you want to ask on spaces or in chat, go ahead. I'll try and look for those here in just a second. Um, okay. I'm going to, I want to talk about like what's happening with the vaccine, but I think it also ties in with everything else that we've been talking about, right? Because something is driving this agenda and uh, I think it could tie in with the whole extraterrestrial issue here. So what's happening? Well, I think this is the perfect metaphor for the healthcare system, the future healthcare system. There's a picture here <laughs> and it's in a parking lot and there is a SUV towing an RV trailer. And you can see like something hit that trailer hard, sideswiped the car, uh, dropped the kitchenette there on the uh, pavement and on the left side there you can just see the outline of an ambulance the ambulance driver literally passed out ran into the suv or the rv took it out hit the suv and then probably ran into something else and stopped and they're like oh it's heat he just got exhausted no folks this is the future of healthcare. it is probably in all likelihood going to collapse. It will not survive this. They've fired all the people that didn't want the shot. All the ones that want the shot, guess what? They're all starting to get sick. I think, in fact, I've got a tweet about that. If I can find it here. Bear with me one more second here. Yeah, right here's another perfect example of that. My brother went to ER due to an injury on his knee. He waited four hours to see a triage nurse, then waited about uh, waited about her five hours to see a doctor. When he asked why, there was hardly no staff. The nurse replied, we fired a lot of the unvaccinated people, then our own staff got sick. That's exactly, exactly what's happening to healthcare, and it's going to continue, I think, to just crumble and fall away. And eventually it just stops working at some point, stops functioning. Okay. Uh, what else are we seeing? Well, 
COVID has sparked the largest sustained decline in childhood vaccination in 30 years because people are completely losing faith in the system. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I think the justifications, they have never done the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated study. Instead, they've just constantly expanded the childhood vaccine schedule because, well, I mean, guaranteed bring in the cash register, right? That's good for them. And uh, it's saving all these kids when, in fact, it's actually making all these kids sick. It's guaranteeing heart uh, failure to 50% of the people who get these shots versus the ones that don't. I mean, the numbers that we have looked at are truly horrific. And yet they're still just running along, pushing it. But people are waking up to this agenda. And I think that's just a really important thing to recognize that that's happening. And of course, this is, um, this was clucky, sorry, ducky before he became clucky, uh, talking about a tweet when he was his original scientist self. Right. And he told us a long time ago, COVID shots are the most risky intervention that has ever been attempted. The shot experiment is falling apart at the same time as, uh, countries are, mandating extreme measures like new rounds of lockdowns. That's what we're going into because they can't admit that they've failed and they've made everybody sick with these shots. Of course, Haiti's doing just fine. Their vaccination rates like 1.4% because nobody got it. And strangely, they have some of the lowest, they have the lowest COVID deaths anywhere. And, uh, you know, it turns out that was the prime minister that some assassins came in and murdered him in the middle of the night. That was kind of weird, wasn't it? Because he refused the COVID vaccines, maybe. Didn't go along with the agenda, perhaps. It's a fair question to ask, isn't it? And this was the original tweet that he got suspended for. This was back in June of uh, 2020. COVID-19 disease is associated with hypercoagulability, must be studied. We cannot go ahead with the vaccine that uses any part of the spike protein at the antigen uh, as the antigen risks of causing blood clotting. So he said, he's pointed out before, they knew it because I knew it. It was obvious that that's what this was going to do. We warned them. They banned us, censored us, silenced us. Uh, most of the scientists that I talked to, uh, Jiki Dao, who posts like highly technical scientific stuff that's typically over my head, uh, Dr. Um, Dienert, I mean, there's about eight of them that have all been suspended this week. And this is the crew that has been absolutely decimating the narrative and arming me with a lot of the facts and things that we need now. Dayu went over on um, Gab and just unleashed a tidal wave of all of his <laughs> pent-up aggression and reposted everything over there where it won't get censored. Uh, so you can go and check that out. I, I'll find it here in a minute. I don't know if I have it open or not. Um, but that kind of thing is going on. So like they are in full-blown panic mode and this is exactly why those are deaths in New Zealand where they have, what is it like 96% thanks to Jacinda down there getting everyone to get on board with the shot and 20, what is this? 2019, I think 
no, 2020, they had 25 deaths, COVID deaths. 2021, during the pandemic, they had 26 COVID deaths. 2022, so far this year, up to June, 1,415. And we have an update from Gert, and one of the questions he was asked was, Gert, if you're correct about what's happening where the virus increases virulence all of a sudden and starts making people really sick and and dying, what will we see? And he says, you would see a lot more people going to the hospital for COVID, getting sick with COVID. Well, that's what that data is showing. I think this is in the UK. They're like healthy young people are dying suddenly and unexpectedly from a mysterious syndrome as doctors seek answers through a new national register. Like we don't know what's causing this. I mean, it's just such a joke what these people are doing to us. To those of you that let them anyway. Of course, when you do play along, things usually go pretty well for you. Here's the Sri Lankan prime minister saying, this is how I will make my country rich. By 2025, well, we're going to check in with him at his home to see how that's working out. Oh, it appears to be on fire. The crowd is very enthusiastic. Oh, I hear he's on a bus, maybe. Oh, wait, no, I think I think this bus is having some mechanical issues. That may not be the right one. I think it's this one. Oh, wait, no, that was being pushed into the river. In fact, this guy has fled the country now. And the military is trying desperately to hold things together so their army can get paid, right? Because, I mean, they're keeping the peace there. They want to keep that revenue money, that pension money coming in. They want to make sure they get paid. So they're going to hold on to power until these politician types can figure something out. And we'll just keep the government going. Because, you know, could not have a government or something like that. That'd be crazy. And, uh, you know, what's happening in Malaysia? Malaysia's former Prime Minister, Dr. Mahathir Mohamad, said that the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPPA, is a new world order strategy by a powerful pact of people led by the U.S. to dominate the world economy. Well, that certainly sounds interesting. I'm sure that's not happening, is it? Of course, here in America, what do we have? This guy. AOC, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. Oh, boy. It's Alex Stein acting like a 14-year-old boy who's seen tits and ass for the first time. Wonderful. This is really going to push the conversation forward, isn't it, Alex? Now, what did the prime minister go in and talk about? This was in 2015, by the way. Are being used to establish a one-world government. Basically, it is about having a world government. We should abolish all states, all nations, all borders, but instead have only one world government. And that world government is to be by certain people, elites, people who are very rich, very intelligent, very powerful in many ways, they are the ones who will govern the world. There was not much talk about democracy or choice. So you see what he's saying there? Now we're going to have 
the World Council of Elders, right? Like from Superman or some shit like that. <laughs> they didn't program you with that, did they? No, of course not. Some leaders, instead, there was to be a government by these elites who will impose their rules on everyone in this world. And for those who are unwilling to submit to them, there will be Off with their heads. And the peace that we will get from this is the peace of the graveyard. Because the intention also is to reduce the number of people in this world. At the time when the new world order was enunciated, the population of this world was only 3 billion. The intention was to reduce it to 1 billion. Now the population of the world is 7 billion. Eight. There will be a need to kill many billions of people or to starve them to death or to prevent them from giving birth in order to reduce the population of this world. Of course. Now we've had coronavirus, which well, killed all these people, supposedly. We know it's their treatments and their drugs and so forth that did most of the killing. Uh, now we're getting all of these food processing plant fires. We're getting fires out in oak fields or wheat fields in Ukraine, breadbasket of the world kind of places. And they're trying to also come in and take the, uh, the Dutch farmer's land and so forth. Sounds great, doesn't it? And get the, their production cut down because that's going to be the next wave is famine in the name of climate change or as a result of. But really what they're doing is creating the famine. This is where Bill Gates is buying up all this farmland as well. And what are we stuck with here in the USA? AOC, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're this my favorite. Is. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty. Brilliant. Brilliant. While you morons are sitting there debating over the gun in the room that they threw out on the floor with this whole abortion Supreme Court case, Y'all just suck it right up. So here's Alex. Somehow, I guess he thinks that this is going to like persuade people to come around to his way of thinking by calling them murderers. On AOC, that's my favorite big booty Latina. I love it, my favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. And so on goes the red team versus the blue team. This is the red team attacking the blue team, making them look stupid. And what's going to happen, they're going to be, the blue team's going to be very upset by this. They're going to attack Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's the, basically the Republican version of AOC. And make fun of them. And the cycle of violence just continues as you guys fight over this meaningless shit while they divide the world up and plan to kill you off. And this is what we get. Brilliant, Alex. Why don't you actually put some thought into your activism instead of just 
trying to make a name for yourself and attract a big following because you're engaging in this kind of uh, distraction because that's absolutely what this is, a complete and total distraction to force people into these pigeonholed, mindless arguments instead of seeing the big picture of what's being done to our society. That. Have you ever met Ron DeSantis or talked to him? No. What would you say to him? uh, You know, stop treating, stop being a bully. Oh, the governor of California has got a message for DeSantis and, and the Texas governor. Don't be a bully. I mean, of course, I guess it's okay when you're a medical bully. You can force people to take shots, take their jobs away, tell, their, tell them they can't send their kids to your schools if they don't take this experimental medical procedure and inject it into them, roll the dice with their life. That's not bullying. What is? Stop belittling people that look differently, act differently, love differently. Who the hell are you? Stop. Stop threatening people. Stop being... Oh, this is all the LGBTQ stuff in government schools and whatever. (laughs) So coercive. It's not power over. Power dominant. It's not... Government's not power over, really. Really. It's aggressive, fear-mongering. We lived this with the Briggs Initiative in the 1970s. We've lived this in California with Prop 187. Look what Abbott is doing. Abbott's talking about eliminating a fundamental right for people, regardless of their immigration status, to get an education. We were debating that in the 1990s. Watch that space. Watch that space. That was the Doe decision. They're going to come after that next. This is a real moment for diverse communities. And it's not just, again, DeSantos, it's Abbott, it's Kentucky, it's South Dakota. You go down the list, these red states, there's a ruthlessness. Red team versus blue team. The blue team, we've got to fight the red team. They're trying to destroy our way of life. And that's how this puppet show, these fucking sock puppets go back and forth with their bullshit that never ends. While they make us poorer and the government gets bigger and gains more power and control over our lives. My payments to rumble to do the live stream keep failing. The bank's blocking them all. All of a sudden now they worked for a couple months and then now they don't work anymore. Wonder why. I think it might have something to do with the FDA speech or these videos. Wake up folks. They're building a prison all around you. So here's a Dutch minister who pushed the nitrogen law that grants the government the power to expropriate farmers' lands. Has a brother who owns the online supermarket Picnic. This is the one that Gates invested the $600 million in that company to make the, the fake meat. This is what corruption looks like. Of course, one of those facilities burned down. There was a second one that burned down, I believe, uh, this week. So pretty clear, probably not an accident. Somebody's sabotaging them. And uh, I think we're seeing sort of the early the early signs of, uh, of a resistance going out. You cannot fight this enemy head on. You have to engage in sabotage. You got to find its supply lines where it's weak, its weak points and attack those because you can't, you know, You can't win in a gun battle against the U.S. government or the Dutch government or anyone else. 
And that's what people are starting to do because they have no more, no other choices. And I, and it's while on the one hand, destroying property is wrong. On the other hand, I also see what they're trying to do and what they're pushing and forcing on us. And we have to do something to stop it. I don't know what the perfect answer is for that. It is what it is. (laughs) And then here at home, what do we have? Well, folks, uh, you know, you don't have to stand every time I hear hail to the chief wonder, where the hell is he? Where the hell's who, Joe? The president? (laughs) We've got Dementia Joe, whose doctor wife is feeding him pills. We've got witnesses testifying to that. Every time he appears in public, he gets pills to keep him awake, to, to kind of tone down the dementia that they knew that he had three years ago before he ran. So why on earth would they pick somebody that they know is going to develop dementia and put him in the presidency? I keep telling you, they want you to believe that it's, well, Joe's just incompetent. He doesn't know what he's doing. And then you get angry at Joe instead of the system that's trying to destroy your lives and leave you starving and dead. And most of y'all are still falling for it, just like you're still falling for the red team, blue team. Ooh, look at AOC, big boot. Let's talk about that. Let's definitely not talk about the New World Order taking farmland from the Dutch farmers wanting to starve people in Europe. What's he saying here? Took me a long while. (laughs) You think I'm joking? I'm not. Turn around and where's, where's the president? where's where's the president you know i'm thinking about this i watched this speech where he's like let me just play it again here i want you guys to hear this well folks uh you know you don't have to stand every time i hear hail to the chief wonder where the hell is he (laughs) took me a long while (laughs) you think i'm joking i'm not turn around i'm joking i'm not where's the president Say you were a body double for the president and uh, some men came to you or you just looked a lot like him and some men came to you and said, sir, it's a matter of national security. We're going to need your assistance. We'll pay you all your expenses and give you a nice chunk of change here. And we'd like you to be a body double for President Biden. And you're like, oh, sure. okay, I'll do it. And it's just in case, you know, he has medical issue or something or maybe needs to take care of some top secret business and we just need you to appear in public from time to time as him so that his locations can be kept safe and and guarded as a matter of national security. And like here he is two years later and he's practically like every public appearance, it's him or another guy. What can he say? Can he bring this up to him? They're not going to answer him. Maybe. He's now going out and saying, uh, yeah, I kind of wonder, where's the president? I signed up for this gig two years ago thinking it'd be a few times here and there, and it's like a full-time job now. Who the hell's running the country? Because it's not Biden. I'm playing Biden most of the time. Do you think maybe that's what he's sitting there trying to tell us? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, speaking of the Bidens, here's this got posted to 
4chan, I believe, and it's kind of a nice little summary of what happened with the Hunter Biden saga, and I wanted to read this to you. It says, Hunter Biden started grooming Natalie Biden uh, at, at around 10 or 11. Now, Natalie Biden is uh, Bo, his brother's, his dead brother's daughter, who he started sleeping with his dead brother's wife and her sister, and apparently they had some uh, crack-fueled sex parties or whatever, I don't know, where they were up all weekend having fun, partying and and whatnot. Uh, So this is the daughter, Natalie. Hunter started grooming Natalie at around 10 or 11. Hunter started sending her, uh, sexting her and her friend at around 12. Hunter started touching her not long after. Hunter ended up getting Natalie pregnant. Uh, Haley, this is the the wife, the mother, found out that Natalie was pregnant and confronted Hunter. Massive fight after Haley finds the text, the vids, and the pics of Natalie on Hunter's laptop. Haley throws the laptop in the pool. Hunter fishes out the laptop out of the pool and takes it to a repair place to try and save it. His life is on the laptop. The whole Biden crime family sorts things out. They all agree Hunter needs to be put in long-term rehab facility. Uh, So Hunter doesn't want to go, but he says, you know, he'll do it because he's the good guy saving the family, right? Joe agrees to run for president and hopes to cover everything up. Now, that's the one I kind of take issue with. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he was picked because he's senile, because they would have a scapegoat. Oh, it's just Joe. He's, he's incompetent as they do all these things intentionally on purpose to kill us. Hunter is a long-term rehab at least six months from early fall 2019 through early summer of 2020 and forgets about the laptop. Oops. Uh, laptop repairman finds kitty porn and calls the FBI. FBI sees what's on it and installs uh, memory holes and Insta memory holds it because it's because uh, they are running cover for the Biden crime family. They oh, can't find the laptop. Don't know what happened to it. Hunter gets out of rehab in early summer of 2020 and is seen in paparazzi photos with a new wife and a newborn baby, Natalie's baby. Hunter and his new wife are hidden in a condo in Cali. It's believed to be in Malibu. Pretty much every media, social media, three letter agency all run cover for Biden and company telling and, and rig the election six ways to Sunday to get him in power. Laptop repairman calls Rudy and turns over a copy of the data that was on the laptop. I think that stands a pretty good chance of being how this whole thing unfolded. Don't know for sure, but seems very plausible to me. Okay. Uh, let me see. I want to go back here. While we're on the Hunter Biden story, it turns out his USPS, U.S. Postal Service chief of the mail-in ballot unit, well, he's a pedophile. He's going after a 14-year-old boy for sex uh, in an undercover child sex sting. He was hired by the Biden administration five months ago. <laughs> Brilliant pick there, Joe. Great job. Um, in China, this is from Kyle Bass. Now, there's nobody's opinion that I trust or value on China more than his, I think. He's got a really rich perspective on what's happening there. He's saying bank runs are happening all over China. This is 
uh, July 11th, so about a week old. Bank runs are happening all over China. It's important to note that the Chinese banking system represents a 350% of the Chinese GDP on the balance sheet, while the U.S. system is only 100%. One of the largest lending categories of Chinese banks is real estate, Chinese property. So that's where they built all these ghost cities and so forth. And uh, they're throwing them up everywhere, and most of them are sitting empty. They're investment properties. They're going to, you know, they'll always go up, just like the U.S. housing market. And, uh, well, turns out this was the bank. We covered this uh, protest. So it was the white shirts coming in. Those were the police. They started attacking the protesters and beating them. And um, so I think that's what's happening here. Those are police and, and paid thugs coming in to beat everybody. That's why they're all throwing stuff at them and so forth. So that gives a little perspective. But this company months earlier had just shut down and said, oh, we're doing a maintenance upgrade. Well, three months later, nobody, now they're not even answering the phone. Okay. So there are all of these Chinese who have bought these homes, have been making payments on the loan, and the developers have just bankrupted, up and vanished. No progress is being made on their home, and they're expected to keep paying for it. And these groups have stopped paying for it. And by the way, a lot of people at this protest had their vaccine passports turned off. Come see us. What were you doing at the protest? Why don't you come here back in this room? We've got some questions for you. That's where they're taking this society, folks. Developers are filing bankruptcies at a record pace. Moody's has downgraded 91 Chinese property developers this year alone, while Moody's has only downgraded 54 over the past decade before this year's actions. China's banks are insolvent. The CPC... Uh, is likely to brutally suppress the bank runs in the near term as they can't allow them to spread further. That's what we were seeing there with all these white shirts, thugs running in to beat the protesters, Uh, suppress the bank runs. It's not just the small banks. The biggest crowd over the weekend was found at the Bank of China, one of the largest SOE banks. So yeah, this is a systemic problem in China. There are whole economy is coming down and it's all very much i think going to fall apart right meanwhile here on on twitter we're dealing with censorship and <clears throat> on the one hand i applaud alex for what he's doing he's finding people that are um being banned for things and he's like repeating their tweets because they're factual and you know based on a study or whatever or cdc data or what whatnot like it's officialdom content that they're being banned for now. And he's like, he's saying, we all know the media will ignore what happened tonight, but let's be clear. This is another huge victory for Twitter users. Dr. Boston's reinstatement came after his lawyer and I threw a spotlight on Twitter's unfair, arbitrary enforcement of its COVID-19 strike rules. And I'm like, I disagree, right? It's creating a feedback loop, reinforcing the orthodoxy, the CDC data, which we know is fraudulent and, and fabricated. The uh, DMED data, which we know is fraudulent and fabricated, and they stopped reporting it. And we're creating kind of this box in which we're allowed to give feedback, and they control that box. They control that box. And let me see if I can... There was a... Yeah, right here. I wanted to dovetail this in. Uh, This is from The Ethical Skeptic. 
And essentially what you're seeing here in these graphs where it's a straight line and then you see this big cliff and this green one here is straight line and then this drop kind of thing and a minor drop here on the blue one. Uh, these are, the first one is all-cause all death data shortfall. That's the big one up here. Those are missing deaths. So what Ethical Skeptic did is they he calculated a baseline and then showed what was reported. And he did the same thing for cerebrovascular, SADS, and other uh, death causes, the, the shortfall that they're seeing. And then on the bottom is the uh, malignant neoplasm. That Those are cancer deaths uh, that they're seeing, so forth. And, you know, it's because they're, they've really know this data better than the CDC that they're able to do this kind of stuff. And since then they've had to come back and um, put some new records in, right? Is basically what they did is they're like, Oh, well, we're going to fix this right away. It's not in this thread, but they basically came back and put back in some records, but a huge chunk of those records had the ICD 10 codes changed because, you know, they're reprocessing them. And they, by the way, they fired the team that was doing it and brought a new team in that has no idea what they're doing, apparently, according to the ethical skeptic. And they're rerunning the records through in this system upgrade. <laughs> and uh, it's still showing that it looks like they're hiding the numbers as well, just like DMED, just like the UKHSA, just like they are in Australia with the TGA. I believe it's their data. So, like, this is happening over and over and over again. Of course, here's uh, Candace Taylor. I want you to hear what she has to say. town where I was born and I grew up my whole life. My children were woken up from their bed. Trauma, does it... She's a governor, uh, Georgia gubernatorial candidate running for office. ...even begin to explain what just happened at my house. I have it all on video. Now... In my police and sheriff's defense, they thought they were protecting me because they had a call, voice to text, female voice, saying that they had shot their husband five times and was going to shoot themselves. So they came with all their weapons, rifles shot at, pointed at my house, ready to shoot if they needed to kill me when I opened the door. And I have it all on my video because I'm in the shower. I get out of the shower and my 17-year-old who was asleep comes in there hysterical. Mama, there are police all out by my truck. They're walking our yard. I said, what? I am in a towel. Just got out of the shower. He is like, Mama, they got rifles at our house. My 14-year-old gets up, comes in there crying, hysterical. My husband's staying calm. I'm trying to stay calm. I call one of the investigators. He tells me to call 911 because he was asleep. I woke him up. And she tells me, the dispatch worker, what was reported. Now, my little town's never heard of swatting. But I have. Because I've had dear friends who were swatted. I've had people that were murdered because they stepped out their front door with rifles pointed at them that killed them. I know people that happened to and I'm telling you right now, this is wrong. I don't care what political party you are. This is evil. This is yeah, and she's right. You know, having police 
who can just, based on an anonymous complaint, unverified, with no supporting evidence, can kick in your door, point guns at everyone in your house, and search it without a warrant or probable cause. Maybe anonymous phone calls like that are not probable cause. Tim Poole's been swatted like five times. Steve Bannon, also been swatted. This is ridiculous, totalitarian tactics, and this only happens because police aren't held accountable. We had free market protection services, and they go kick in somebody's door and point guns at them. And over something like this, their ass is getting sued big time. They're going to pay for that. But when it's the police, well, we're just following procedure, right? Where does this end? It doesn't. They just keep taking and keep taking and keep taking until the system collapses because it can't support itself anymore. And that's where we are now. Speaking of system collapsing, uh, somebody reached out to me. It was a NICU, it's a respiratory therapist, and he's sharing what he's seen in the delivery room. And I wanted to share this with you here. Blow that up. Um, I've been a RRT, registered respiratory therapist, for almost three decades. I work in NICU as part of my coverage. We attend all-night high-risk deliveries, and that is fairly common for RTs at many hospitals. In addition to all areas that are covered, the RTs at some facilities work solely in the NICU and labor and delivery. Early last year, we started seeing an increasing uptick of both uh, preterm neonates and full-term that were requiring some level of RT intervention resuscitation at birth. Having an infant preterm occasionally requiring an intervention isn't unusual, but the number of deliveries we were attending in which this was needed was glaringly obvious and disturbing. What I refer, when I refer to intervention, I'm referring to intubation or just CPAP with a little pressure with a bag valve and a mask, manual ventilation of the baby with a, uh, I think it's a baby ventilator machine or even CPR in a few of the cases. We are only called to deliveries where there is a concern that assistance with ventilation may be required. So the vaccine rollout appears to correlate with birthing problems and then seems to have subsided. This is me. Of course, a lot of respiratory therapists wouldn't see or deal with the babies that are lost before birth, right? So if it's um, a miscarriage or something like that, stillbirth, early term, they're not going to know about it. It's, that's just something that is going to be handled elsewhere without them. He goes on, uh, at one point, our NICU was completely full of babies on ventilators, high-flow oxygen, CPAP, and other devices. Having a few neonates on support at our hospital at any given time was not unusual, but to have the entire NICU was definitely an outlier, again, coming from someone with almost 30 years of experience in this area. Coincidence? I personally do not think so. It finally started settling down after a few months, but here recently we were seeing the same uptick as we were experiencing 15 to 18 months ago when they started rolling out the shots, right? So I'm saying this, it's now it seems that we're seeing a second wave that's not correlating with boosters uh, because here in the U.S., 76% of uh, childbearing age, men and women, have had the shot in the United States, at least the first two I think it is while only 47.9% across all age groups have been boosted, and many of those were administered during this lull period that he's talking about, the 12 to 15 months where it quieted down. 
I think we're starting to see a lo- the long-term effects of these vaccines on human health, specifically reproductive health, and it doesn't look good to me. Like, I, I think this is an early warning sign, yet another one. We've covered several others on the show that we're heading for serious problems here. He goes on, there's no way for me to know what the vaccination status is uh, or was or is of the mother and father. I'm careful as to how much I comment on the obvious, but it's becoming clear that more of my colleagues are also now beginning to question what in the hell is happening. Seeing your videos definitely makes some of us pause, despite many of our fellow providers legitimately thinking the vaccines are needed. And uh, that's where he wrapped up. And I said, it's frustrating to know that to see this problem still being swept under the rug, despite all that we know, uh, at the same time, it's encouraging to see that even the vaccine supporters are starting to open their eyes. Given the shedding, the reverse transcription recently confirmed, my only hope is that we're not too late. And... um, put this picture of child of man because that I think is the world we're very much heading towards right now. I think this is going to have severe long-term impacts on humanity in ways we don't even understand yet. And, uh, you know, this whole sweeping under the rug, I think we've got to do better with, that's why I'm trying to find a pathologist who can draft like some kind of letter that every time we get one of these notable vaccine injury deaths, we can send it to the coroner, send it to the state um, surgeon general, send it to the legislators, send it to the governor, and arm you guys with sort of the terminology you need to tell them, here's what we want you to do, public servant. But so far, nobody's really wanting to do that. So this just goes on, right? And they keep classifying these vaccine deaths and these babies piling up. I saw another report about like, this was from John O'Looney saying that they're sending them six or eight at a time to the incinerator directly from the hospital. Hmm. When will we learn? Of course, they're using these models. This is Dr. Claire Craig from the Heart Foundation, I believe, or Heath found it. Hold on. Apologies, Dr. Claire. It's not in there. Well, I think it's, I can't remember. It's an H something, I believe. Anyway, she's saying there were six and a half thousand COVID deaths in over 70 year olds in April and May. If vaccines prevented 90% of the deaths, as we're told, then there would have been 65,000 deaths without them, but we're only at 91,000 cases. If that's true, meaning it would have killed the 65,000, well, would mean Omicron kills two-thirds of the people infected, which we know is absolutely ridiculous. No one believes that. So here they are still pushing these models that are completely unsupported by reality. They've proven to be wildly inaccurate, always to the high side, to the benefit of the government, to the detriment of our freedom and liberty, and the shit show continues. However... This is from Surf's Up Bree. She's uh, pointing out here this Wall Street Journal article that came out the 7th of this month, uh, and it's it's another criticism. We're starting to see mainstream media articles break the ice. We also had GBN do a show with the vaccine injured, 45 minutes. I thought it was great. Showed these people do not exist according to social media. They're all getting censored and banned and told uh, gaslit and told they're fine and nothing's wrong with them. 
and they're at the end of their ropes. They're tired of this. So she's pointing out here, Pfizer honcho Albert Borla writes in his new book, Moonshot, <laughs> that federal public health officials feared disclosing this warning at waning efficacy would breed more vaccine hesitancy. Like, wait, so you're saying y'all can't tell the truth? The Biden administration kept it under wraps in July when the breakthrough infections in Provincetown, Massachusetts, made it impossible to deny. And we covered those. That was a CDC report that came out, showed, I forget, I think it was like half the vaccinated were, or, or maybe even higher than that, were the ones hospitalized. Stories in the media were corroborated by a study from Israel the same month showing vaccine protection against infection falling to 39%. Of course, what does it do? Weeks later, it degrades and then goes negative and makes you more likely to catch COVID. That's why we're seeing these the vaccinated catch COVID two, three, four, and five times. After the Washington Post published a leaked CDC slide showing that vaccine efficacy was declining, did the agency acknowledge it? Still, Dr. Fauci in 821 insisted that herd immunity could be achieved really easily if we get everyone vaccinated. He should have known that that was false. He did know it was false. He absolutely knows. None of these realities stopped Biden from mandating vaccines for workers and arguing in court, despite the evidence to the contrary, it was necessary to protect unvaxxed workers from COVID-19 and, quote, that was dramatically reduced the risk of contracting and transmitting COVID-19. For your health, your risks, and your interactions in the world are your choices. If you still believe others are responsible for your risk, read the scientific papers for yourself. Do not depend on the experts. Colleges, businesses, healthcare facilities, wake up. I think, well said. You know, I saw something about vitamin C uh, binds to ACE2 receptors, fills them up, prevents you from catching COVID. What was I saying early 2020? Vitamin C, two to five grams. Vitamin D, I think it's four to 6,000 I use a day. And the rest of your multivitamins. Why? Because the people who were in the hospital, in the ICU, 86% of them were D deficient. Move on, or that was who were hospitalized. When you move to the ICU, it's like 94% of those people were deficient in vitamin D. We knew this stuff. It was on Joe Rogan. Everybody knew it. They never once talked about vitamin C or vitamin D. Why? This whole thing is a lie. They're doing this on purpose. It's time we wake up, children, because it's starting to hit home for a lot of people. I got a message from someone that they watched someone have a heart attack go down in the gym yesterday. Here's in Italy, 11 vacationers dropped dead on Italian beaches in 24 hours. It's actually 25. It wasn't over 24 hours. It looks like about three days here. But they're saying uh, now that beach session is upon us, new heartbreaking phenomenon is taking place. Healthy vacationers dropping dead from sudden and unexpected medical emergencies. Worldwide beachgoers are collapsing while walking on the beach or swimming. Many of them suffer cardiac arrest and die. He found in 24 hours, 11 vacationers, um, I believe that was over under 70 that died. And then uh, there's more. So you've just got, you know, these first four, this is 70 year old man walking on the beach, dropped dead, 85 year old woman, 
fell ill walking on the beach, 85-year-old retired Marine, sudden medical emergency while swimming in shallow water, 82-year-old tourist dropped dead on the beach, 84-year-old Tuscan tourist on vacation, lifeguard discovered the man's lifeless body, 50-year-old Ecuadorian on the beach with his wife and two children fell ill in the water and died, collapsed in the Syria River, uh, fell ill while swimming, Here's a healthy 67-year-old woman dropped dead, shores of Campania. Uh, Two other people were saved after suffering sudden medical emergencies. The same day on Patriza Beach, rescuers were able to save a 20-year-old suffering from a respiratory arrest. 36-year-old man suffered a medical emergency. Man died on the beach. 79-year-old vacationer died while swimming, 87-year-old tourist. Now, a lot of these are old, granted, but here's a whole nother set of 52, 42, 45, 59, 51, 22, 59, 63, 53, 48, 33, 30. That's just the beaches. And a chunk of those were in 24 hours. Got a new thing to scare parents with, parachovirus, signs, symptoms, and risk factors of the virus infecting babies across the country. What is it? Well, multiple states are reporting new cases of parachovirus, a group of viruses that commonly infects children over the last two months. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention sent out alert. Now, it's fine. Nothing to worry about here, which is why we're sending out this alert, because everything is totally fine. This is extremely rare. Clinicians often call it mittens and booties rash since it's located on the hands and feet. But the rash itself can look different depending on the patient, uh, Blumberg said, with some children experiencing generalized redness and others developing small bumps alongside flat red areas. See, nothing to worry about. Most children recover. Mild stuff recover in a few days. Except in severe cases, infants younger than three months may show signs of neurological issues like lethargy, seizures, inability to eat, or persistent fussiness that can't be consoled. How many times have we seen that from recently vaccinated breastfeeding mothers? Those are vaccine injury symptoms. This virus is probably out there, but it's also being used as another scapegoat. What what do we know that the virus... that that, um, these shots do to your body's immune system, shut off its ability to fight viruses, drop it by 90%. Unfortunately, there aren't any antiviral medications for parachoviruses, and we currently don't have any vaccines against the virus. But don't you worry, the good people at Pfizer and Moderna, they are working tirelessly to get a virus, a vaccine out there, for the good of um, the community out of the kindness of their heart, right? And maybe maybe they can get it on the childhood vaccine schedule, get it mandated, and then it's, you know, regular uh, protection that's being doled out to everyone. They'll never stop. They'll never stop exploiting you, your babies. They will lie and cover it up They will leave your child with a 50% risk of heart disease by injecting all these shots and they're not even going to tell you about it and they will obscure your ability to discover that. 
that's who these people are. Why do you still follow them? Why do you still tolerate them? The New York Health Commissioner says she blew hospitalizations out of proportion to push COVID shots for kids. What a great-looking lady that she is, right? And she totally said that um, there's some quotes in here. The risks of COVID-19 for children are real, she's saying in this release. We are alerting New Yorkers to this recent striking increase in pediatric COVID-19 admissions so that pediatricians, parents, and guardians can take urgent action to protect our youngest New Yorkers. And it was 50 hospitalizations. Yeah. And she admits, I did it to get them in the door, to get those shots. This lady did is criminal. She belongs in jail. Instead... This is what we get. This is Dr. Kat. She's one of the mouse army that was recently censored. She's back after deleting a a report. What was it? A case report of an idiopathic. I can't believe they've used that term. Subcutaneous thrombotic vasculopathy, 32-year-old female of Moderna. She basically posted a case report of the vaccine injured. And uh, had her, why, you know, why was she banned for, for posting this? Violating our rules against posting media, de- media depicting gratuitous gore. You may not share excessively graphic media, i.e. severe injuries, torture. Exposure to gratuitous gore can be harmful, especially if the content is posted with the intent to delight in cruelty or for sadistic pleasure. They're claiming she's posting this case report of some poor lady, 32-year-old, who had a horrible reaction to these vaccines for sadistic pleasure. When the reality is they're the ones pushing these shots for sadistic pleasure and using their corporate, um, corrupted corporate entities to push their agenda and engage in censorship. And that was the tweet that she had to delete to get back. And it's just, it's because it's not misinformation. It's not gore. It's not gratuitous gore. That was just an excuse that they had to use because they had to come up with something. They are censoring because their narrative is absolutely blowing up in their face and they can't hide it. The media is starting to come in and attack them and people are starting to ask the hard questions. Okay. Let me see what else we've got here. You know, I see stuff like this. This is a Rachel Gilmore. It's a beautiful day for a booster. Oh, isn't it Rachel? This is someone's asking good for you is now, is that a third or a fourth? And she's fourth. And I just replied to this. Yeah, I hate seeing these because I know I'm going to be posting an update. Only a matter of time. You put that much of this crap in your body and it ain't going to go very well for you. Just like it uh, is happening to this 20-something Tour de France guy. Saying we're con- we continuing going hung on like every day. Well, in the end, the mountain stages was almost the easiest for me to get to the end because that's once we can get our rhythm and drag ourselves to the finish line there. 
today, bath simply, I, but simply I couldn't follow and I found myself all alone, all alone past the slope and it's not possible. Why sick of letting you have an explanation from this form, which is uh, not used to in previous races. Man, this is fast. <laughs> so basically, this is one of the Tour de France cyclists, 23-year-old, super fit, super healthy, couldn't finish the race. Gets into the mountain region towards the end, he couldn't do it. And he's like, uh, how do you explain all that? Yeah, well, I'm sick. Good, I'm not the one in the Pelton. I discussed with Castro that there at the start, music to him, it was the same. It was meaning he's having the same problems. It was he who uh, came to see me and told me, you're sick. You can't breathe either, I say. No, well, no. And, and he tells me it's the same thing, and it's been since stage six. Anyway, months that it's hard, and I have trouble breathing. Lacked oxygen, and my legs hurt all over the stride that, and, and then it's really doing, going to get worse and worse from step to step, though I thought I was going to have a moment when I was going up, and finally, no, I didn't have that moment, and I think that's it again today. I hung on, I farted <laughs> first bump. <laughs> I'm not sure what that translation was, but here I think it has nothing to do. Obviously, doing that can be that you explained to me how all summer, what in view of this negative afterwards, so we did anagenics. We didn't hurt anyone either, but he has a lot in the Pelton, and this is the same, all negative for empty two. So it is maybe something else. Finally, frankly, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But just a lot of us are seeing the same symptoms, a lot of the other riders, and having a hard time as a result on the bike. And it's true that it's not cool and uh, a particular Tour de France, but hey, I was hoping for better than the first round, and I hope I can come back and be good in good shape this time. And thank you very much. So there's one of the Tour de France riders letting us in in the know, kind of saying a lot of the riders are experiencing this. And what are they experiencing? Well, very likely those white rubbery structures, the amyloids, the fibrin, building up in their veins and now they're working out and their heart's pumping harder trying to get more oxygen delivered to those muscles and it can't because of all this crap block all these clots blocking delivery to their body and because of all the amyloidosis as well remember everywhere this mrna goes it goes and kills cells reducing capacity that those cells used to whatever function they used to form and if it's heart, liver, kidneys, lungs, it doesn't grow back. It's just lost capacity. That's it. You're done. Thank you for playing. A lot of these guys are not ever, ever, ever coming back. A lot of them are going to be found dead in their beds, unfortunately. And doctors continue gaslighting them, and pathologists and medical examiners continue writing them off as natural causes, and that is a fucking travesty and a crime against humanity. And it has to stop. Uh, Vermont, all-cause excess mortality. We may have looked at that before, but you can see very clearly off the charts bad. 
and and by the way, if you look at this year, just it's climbing and continues climbing, showing no signs of slowing down. During the lock, lockdown, the vaccine rates dropped. So did the number of SIDS, SIDS deaths. What is that? Sudden infant death syndrome. It's where come in, find your baby dead with no apparent cause. Just like SADS, sudden adult death syndrome, where you come in, find your loved one dead with no apparent cause. Couldn't be the vaccines, though, in either case, even though we've got all these correlations showing that it's absolutely, most certainly, the vaccines. That's what this shows. When will they see? It's too late for most of them, sadly. A new Centara subvariant could soon add to our COVID headaches. To talk more about this, and the biggest risk we face right now, which is the BA5 variant, is Houston's Health Authority, Dr. Peter Hotez. Welcome to Houston's Morning Show. First of all, Dr. Hotez, a lot of eyeballs on this new Centara subvariant. The name sure sounds intimidating. What can you tell us about it? Well, uh, 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 the name sure sounds interesting. Tell us more, Peter. It's kind of a fake name. It's a name made up on Twitter, um, done on social. Somebody posted that they're naming it Centaurus or whatever it is, and it totally stuck somehow. <laughs> Social media, mm -hmm. because the number of mutations is quite different in, in part of the virus that docks with the receptor called the receptor binding domain. Um, it's hard to say where. Oh, Peter, I'm glad you know about the RBD. You're going to talk about the GP120 HIV inserts or the PRRA fern cleavage site inserts. No, I'm not going to talk about that, where it looks like they've basically gone in and pulled deadly bits from every known virus they could find and threw it all together in the spike and then created vaccines to pump out that poisonous spike into the bodies to cause amyloidosis and so on. Seems like a good plan, doesn't it? Where this is going at this point, it is accelerating in India. Uh, more than any other country, and we'll have to see if it can, can compete with the current one that we are facing right now here in Houston and globally, which is the BA.5. I know it sounds like alphabet soup, but the official name for Centaur is B2.75. We'll see if it starts to accelerate, but right now we've got more than enough to worry about um, uh, with the BA.5 than we do the, mm -hmm. the Centaur. In fact, that's what's causing our case numbers to rise right now to levels we saw early pandemic. What's different now, though, is we do have vaccines. Are they protecting against this variant and keeping people out of the hospital? Well, it looks as though um, if you're uh, vaccinated and boosted, um, yes, it is. Uh, but the key is to be up to date on your vaccination. So, Nope, actually, data that we've looked at shows those things correlate directly with dose. The more doses you get, the more shots, injections of this poison you get, the sicker you get, the higher your risk. If you've only gotten two doses of the vaccine. Unless you look at the CDC data, right, which is obviously where he's going. One dose or two doses of the vaccine, you're vulnerable. So you need to get mm. not only fully vaccinated, meaning two doses, but boosted to be protected. And by the way, if, you're, uh, if you've gotten boosted and you're more than four or five months out and you're eligible, meaning over the Don't age get of 50 another one. or an adult get is immunocompromised, you're eligible for a second booster. That's what I did. Take advantage of that uh, because that also will keep you out of the hospital in the ICU. So the key is being mindful of what your vaccination status is and maximize uh, that in addition, of course, to recognizing there's a lot of transmission right now 
in, in part, we're not monitoring it as well as we used to because so many people are home testing, so we don't know the full data. But the fact that we've got about 2,000 new cases a day probably means it's more like 20,000 new cases a day. And it's for real oh, because we oh. have... I'm sorry. Are we applying a URF factor here? It's okay when they do it, you know, underreporting factor. But when we do it with the VAERS data, that's misinformation. About a th when they do it to scare you, that's fact-based. Thousand people hospitalized here in our Houston area. So this is a serious wave. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not uh, quite as serious as what the Omicron was, but still significant enough. So bottom line is max out your vaccinations. I remember us having a lot of questions early on about how many times we would be able to catch COVID. There's word that this new variant superpower is reinfection. In fact, I've heard some experts say it's possible to catch it once a month. Is that possible? Well, the key is whether or not you're vaccinated. Oh. So if you've been infected with Omicron, let's say, which a lot of Americans have during uh, the month of December, January, and you've gotten vaccinated on top of it, um, there's no reason why you should have a lot of breakthrough infections. Well, However, guess what? if you've gotten Omicron infection, you've not been vaccinated, you're relying only on the immunity provided by previous infections, you're in trouble because we know that BA5 can cause reinfections and even hospitalize you. So I know I sound a bit like a broken record, but that is the message. Keep on getting um, uh, up to date with your boosters and vaccinations. Don't forget to vaccinate your kids. The other message is because there is a lot of transmission right now, if you're an indoors in a crowded setting, uh, please wear a mask because there is that level of transmission and can still cause some level of breakthrough. What a complete moron. Like the masks don't work. We've got so many studies showing exactly that, but yet here's Peter Hotez just should wear a mask. Use that, that chain link fence to stop mosquitoes. It's going to work real well for you. Can you explain the difference perhaps in the seriousness of some of these variants? Because obviously early on in the pandemic, we had so many people hospitalized. Our, our, our hospitals were bursting at the seams. You couldn't even get into an emergency room. Now it seems like it's under control. Is that because the, the variants have gotten a little less severe or is that because so many people have gotten that vaccine you mentioned? Well, the the truth is, if you're completely unvaccinated, you're still at risk of severe hospitalization. So do not rely on what you're hearing on social media and elsewhere that BA5 is less severe. It's not that it's less severe. It's just that there's it's so it's it's so much on the background of of high levels of vaccination people who are infected and vaccinated, vaccinated, and there is some modest protection afforded by um, having an infection, uh, which may be equivalent to a single dose, but not enough to necessarily keep mm -hmm. you out of the hospital. But in aggregate, on a population level, we are seeing fewer people hospitalized in the ICU. But remember, we're still losing three to 400 Americans a day. Okay, it's not to COVID-19. Okay, it's not the 2,000, 3,000 numbers we were seeing in January of 2021 or or with Omicron or earlier this year, but it's still a leading cause mm -hmm. of death in America, so take this seriously. All right, Dr. Hotez, thank you always for your time from Baylor College of Medicine and Texas. Take it very Hospital. seriously. Valuable information for us today. So serious, in thank fact, you. Have a good one. you don't need to worry about vitamin C or vitamin D, despite that showing a significant reduction in your risk of hospitalization or death. Don't worry about that. It's only the vaccine. That's the only strategy. Like, what the fuck happened to, to doctors, to medicine? It has absolutely been destroyed, has no credibility left. That's why this whole thing is collapsing. 
The narrative's running aground. The censorship is being kicked into high gear on Twitter and other places. And they're coming out just reinforcing their propaganda. And the data is stopped being published all around the world. They're putting out fabricated data at the CDC now. Not at all surprised to see that. But they're actually going back, reprocessing records as part of an upgrade and reclassifying the deaths. This is scientific fraud to cover up murder. Oh, and by the way, a lot of people leaving the CDC and FDA now. They're having a lot of trouble filling positions. Remember when, uh, oh, what, what's her name, Rochelle, was at, the un- at her university talking. That was one of the things she talked about, was they're having trouble hiring people. Wonder why? Because you've destroyed morale. You've turned these people into mass murderers, and they're starting to figure it out because you can't hide it anymore, and now you want them to hide it, and they're not willing to do that. That's where we are right now. Yeah, I suppose we could do this real quick. Um, So this is from the Free State Project up in New Hampshire. This was in Keene, which is the city that I lived in for a couple years. And uh, the Democrats, they held a little rally about the Free Staters, which I was at for a couple years. Our freedom here in New Hampshire hangs by a thread. By a thread. Why? Because we are the target of the Free State Project invading (laughs) our state. There's a faction of anti-democratic Free Staters who've come into our state, co-opted the Republican Party in particular. Invading, right? Like when you, when you move somewhere, you can't, you can't, you're not allowed to change anything. You just, you have to not participate in the democracy because these guys are very upset that they're coming there to change things. And what else are they doing? They're using the two-party system to their advantage like we've done for years against the people. And that's that can't be allowed either. ...and used lies and fear to keep a small part of our community engaged and enraged. And the problem is, you know, people tend to think that these ideas are just a fringe movement. Of course, they've uh, astroturfed this whole thing. All the signs are printed by the uh, Democratic Cheshire County uh, Democrat Association Committee. But they have permeated the State House. In the State House of New Hampshire today, as we speak, a third of the current reps are either free staters or vote with them most of the time. Uh, the free state projects, what they are doing is not only it's not a fringe movement, but it's a predatory uh, politics. They have predatory an agenda politics. to exploit. You can't have a third option. We need red team versus blue team. Here's some guys actually doing something a little different, creating this Liberty Caucus, because they they all get graded, all the reps get graded on how they voted on each bill by the Liberty Caucus. Those get published so the voters know how pro-Liberty is this person by their actions, not by their words. And uh, by the way, it's a free stater who is the Speaker of the House in New Hampshire. And... uh, he, he may, I don't know if he would still call himself that, but very much an anarchist. <laughs> the, the small population of New Hampshire bringing people 
that's not way the, if there is a majority opinion that should govern the society but if you import people from outside that's not a majority opinion on the society they're trying to distract us and keep us in conflict with each other so we won't notice that the only policies oh. they're interested in are ones that gut our public school budgets take away local control of schools jack up our property taxes thank you sweetheart and lead to literal bounties on our teachers' heads. Oh, They're yeah. sowing division and mistrust to reach their political aim of shutting down any provisions for the common good in New Hampshire, with local public schools being just the start. This is not a, any personal attack on any individual or, or group of people. The free staters are an invasive species. I'm a gardener. Root them some out. of you folks probably are as well. There are some things I planted 20 years ago. Man, I can't get rid of them. I wish I never planted them. Free staters are going to be like that if we don't stand up. I'm here to tell you we are up against a well-oiled, well-funded, highly organized machine. If there is no organized <laughs> opposition, there is no one to stop them from owning the government, destroying our democracy, and holding us all hostage to their whims. So... I don't vote because I don't want to take part in this red team, blue team distraction. And I don't have a lot of respect for politicians that want to go in or, or Alex Stein or any of these people that want to go in and engage people at that level, because that doesn't change anything that doesn't move the situation forward. But there's a lot of politicians that I will actually support because they see it for what it is. And they're in there to minimize harm and um, like reduce the, the size of the state. And I think there's value in that. I'm happy to like stand shoulder to shoulder with these people towards those ends without having to, you know, buy into the whole we need the government paradigm. We need these people threatening us in order to be safe. It's nonsense. We don't. And we will never truly be free until we have a decentralized society. And that's really, you know, this guy was talking about they're a well-oiled machine. No, they're very decentralized. That's why they're having so much trouble fighting it. Because there isn't one leader that they can co-opt or take down or buy off or whatever. So there are, and that's, of course, uh, in New Hampshire, Free State Project, um, a lot of people doing some great things up there. If you want to check it out. All right. Anything else y'all can, um, I think that's about it for what I wanted to cover. If you've got questions, you can ask them in chat over there on rumble. Have you heard of Corey? Good. Someone's asking. Yeah. The guy's full of shit. Uh, if uh, at least that's my opinion of him. He was talking about how disclosure movement got infiltrated because they want to control it before actual disclosure. I, I mean, yeah, maybe, but like so many times, Corey and um, oh David, David, uh, what's his name? Not Ike, but um, uh, I can't, David. Uh, can't remember his last name, but it'll come to me. The two of them kind of partnered up. And we're part of Gaia, and this gets in with the whole, uh, damn it, another name I'm blanking on. But there's there's a huge history out there. These guys were taking stuff, some things from Cliff High. 
They were making stories up. Uh, you know, they didn't really have the sources that they claimed and it's kind of blown up in their face lately. And then they went around and sued everybody. He sued Cliff High. He sued, I think, Dick Allgaier and, and some others. Lost, you know, didn't do very well with that. Um, so, yeah, Corey's not really... He also thinks he's this six and back where he goes out and fights these extraterrestrial wars and stuff and then they just send him back six years in time and off he goes kind of thing. And then, and then you can't remember anything either. And like that's, you can go around and say ridiculous things and people will come in and, uh, you know, sit there and watch and listen to you and it can feel really great. AOC, my Just favorite like big booty Latina. Right I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. That's all he's doing. Is he moving humanity forward, doing anything to help? Uh, yeah, there's probably a dozen different things intelligent that he could say that would be just as viral, but they're harder to come up with. It takes work. He's going for these cheap shots that are just more, just going to create more bickering and infighting. This is 100% what we don't need. Totally non-productive. Further driving a divide between people rather than working to persuade them to your perspective. <sighs> so, okay, let's see here. Um, Cher was saying, I don't, I can't say anything about, or no, there was another comment. I was talking to my brother-in-law. He said my nephew was playing soccer in country X and died of a heart attack on the field. He was 25. Yeah, just tons and tons and tons of those. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, this is the shit that is happening. Can you or anyone you know have a good bankruptcy attorney for Celsius to recommend? Uh, I don't know one, no. Missed the withdrawal episode you did. I don't know what withdrawal you mean. I've never been in Celsius, so. But I, I think that thing's done. We're finding out that um, that the Sam guy from SBF or uh, from uh, FTX, that basically he was going in and loaning them emergency funds for the collateral, and he's also a debtor to Celsius. So it seems like he was trying to get things going, keep things going, so that what he, because he didn't have the money to pay back the loans that they took. So like the whole system's just falling apart, and they're trying to keep it afloat. And that's really why I think, you know, we really are heading for another big leg down. And I know everybody's thinking XRP's, oh, we're getting settlement and it's finally coming. And uh, yeah, maybe. And then it's going to crash back to 20 cents. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see us back 20 cents, maybe even a little below. Um, before this really starts to finally take off like we'd like to. But people are going to do what they do. And I, I don't know. So, spaces tonight, uh, there's a, there's a spaces going, yeah. So, but I think I'm going to wrap up there. Uh, it's, I, you know, this whole ET thing, 
I think we are in the midst of, um, I think we do have ETs on this planet living here with us. I think there's more than one race. I think some of them are benevolent. Some of them are probably running these elite bloodlines, families, ruling the planet and keeping us all in this oil and gas paradigm for as long as they want, that they can extort and extract our wealth and so forth. And then when they're ready, which we're going into that, they're trying to shrink the population, lock everything down with these CBDCs, bring in this uh, corporate totalitarianism. Um, and I'm reading that, that book about the uh, collapse of globalism. It's given me a lot of insights as well along this. That's one of the things they talk about is kind of that whole government merging with corporations through the bribe money but not taking them over and just using them to their own ends and vice versa. And the whole system just ends up becoming this giant um, monster that has shown over and over throughout history that it's trying to kill us. That's just, it is what it is. And COVID was just the first assault of, you know, or the first major battle of, of many more to come. Next is food. Next is climate. Next is ET invasion and false flag attack in DC and New York, perhaps. So we'll see. There is something that some of you out there can do to really save some lives. And that is this right here. This comes from CNN. It must be true saying that blowjobs kill coronavirus. So ladies, you could literally save a life, a lot of lives. Okay. So let's get to it. All right. I'm Sam. I am. We'll catch y'all next broadcast. Thanks everyone. Free the world. Free your mind. Free Julian Assange. R.I.P. Black the Ripper. Let's go. Long time the world's been ran by a load of liars. How do you expect me to believe in coronavirus? 9-11 was a lie so you could start a war. Now you're lying again to try and bring in martial law. Fuck the system, I will fight for my freedom. And fuck all my rats, cause right now I don't need them. The world's going mad cause it's ran by some demons. Donald Trump or the people, who do you believe in?